Welcome to another episode of One-on-One -on -one with Patrick. Yes, in this series, you'll hear me having conversations with guests, just like any of the millions of podcasts out there. But there's a twist to this one. Here, you get to be a fly on the wall in a one-on-one -on -one web design coaching session. I'm not speaking with industry experts, leaders, gurus, or influencers. I'm talking to people like you. People who are still in the very early stages of their web design business journey. People who have questions, concerns, struggles, or simply need some motivation. I hope you'll find it useful. Let's dive in with today's session. So, uh, so you're from Scotland? Uh, yeah, so I live in um, Inverness, which is way up the north end of Scotland, so not far from Loch Ness and that kind of thing. Right, that's pretty much how I know that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's what I, most people, especially if they've never been, that's the first thing, so it's just near Loch Ness. So. I'm sure you're not what sick about? of that yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about yourself? I know you're living in Toronto. Are you from Toronto? Uh, so, yeah, I am in Toronto now, but I'm originally from Montreal. Okay. Uh, so maybe we could start. Uh, you could tell me a little bit about where you're at with your web design journey so far. You said I think you're just starting out. Yeah, pretty much. So um, I guess like most people during this rather strange few months, I've kind of just been doing a bit of like reflection on what I want to do and stuff. And I've always had sort of an aspiration of running a, my own business or something along those lines. And I'd done a little bit of web design before and um, with the, the couple of jobs I've had since university, I've done a, a few bits and thought it's kind of interesting. And then I guess I kind of just thought I'd, I'd been doing some stuff for my current job and thought actually I quite like doing the web design sort of stuff kind of interesting and um, started learning a little bit more mostly for YouTube and then um, started building a couple of test sites and just thought about four weeks ago that I would just uh, maybe start seeing if I could get some customers, see how we get on. Um, I guess I've got, I've got four clients in the last month, um, two people I knew so using sort of local sort of network and two people that I don't, I've never met, don't know anything about. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's a good start. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of, cause some of the stuff that, uh, cause I guess like mo most people will probably, you'll be in the same, I imagine you don't know whether what you're doing is necessarily going to work or whether what you're doing is like a good idea. So like, some of the stuff that you'd mentioned that I'd heard in your videos about um, basically just like recreating a website of somebody's website and then send them a video of it and be like, I think this, you could be doing this to your website. I kind of done that with a couple of them um, where I'd like created like a homepage and just like sent the video to them um, as part of my proposal of what I would do for them, give them an idea what it looks like. And I thought actually, it kind of some of the stuff you said has made me think that some of the things I'm doing uh, are are sort of working or on the right lines, I guess, in particular. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, what are the two businesses that you did that for? Are those the two clients you got? 
Uh, yeah, so the I kind of kind of by accident. Uh, three out of four clients I've got so far are like personal trainers or one's a gym owner, just because I think uh, I one of them is my friend and I know quite a few people who are doing like online coaching and stuff just now because obviously in most places the gyms haven't been open, so I thought that's kind of a a good market to kind of start because they all want to sell merchandise and all that kind of stuff and get people signed up to a program. So I thought that was quite good. Um, and then the other one is just a local tradesman. Um, I basically just find him on Google Maps, kind of like what you suggested, and just find his email address somewhere and just email them with the idea. That's great. So so you signed both of those guys as clients or are you still yeah. kind of- no, awesome. so they're all they're all signed, yeah. So two of the websites are just about done, and then two of them are kind of like not too far away. So, so how many times did you have to do that before you got your first one? Um, to be honest, I actually haven't asked that many people so far. Um, I probably only re-messaged about ten ten people on Instagram and sent out half to six six emails maybe so far. Um, and I've had I've had responses from most people either just because um, initially I was just literally um, sent a couple of people emails that I kind not knew but may know have connections with and they because they didn't have any work or any proof that I knew how to do anything they were kind of like fine whatever well what can I do to change that um even if it's not live because i was like i don't really want to go out and start buying domains and hosting and stuff when i don't know if i'm going to sell any websites so i thought i found that as a flywheel they've got the um sort of offline um staging staging you can use so that's basically Mm -hmm. what i've been using and just using like screen record and sending out a couple of pages etc that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I've had a lot of people asking me about that lately, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, a lot of people are wondering how, like, where to to build the site on instead of having mm-hmm. to register the domain and pay for hosting to send the link to the client. Yeah, exactly. You're basically, looking for a local staging site if you're building with WordPress. We're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so Flywheel uh, is what you're using, and and that's a good one to use, and it basically allows you to build for for free to stage the site locally yeah it's really good and i don't think there's really any limitations on um how many sites you can actually build but i've probably got like 15 so they've never been that i've had to pay for anything or they're not asked for anything yet so keep using it while it's uh, available that's great that's great Mm -hmm. so um so did you build six home pages sites and send out the yeah yeah so you got two out of six that's a i would say that's a pretty good ratio yeah yeah so i was quite happy uh, with that so yeah i think uh it's worked so far so so what were you using with to build the sites with with wordpress yeah i use the same as you elementor basically elementor um yeah i uh I pre so my current actual job during the day we the website was built with divi which is kind of like Elementor, I, I guess, but you mm-hmm. have to pay directly for that. But uh, basically, I thought that was quite good. And then I discovered Elementor and thought that was even better, especially as initially it was fr- it's free, the initial 
things so I could go on and just play about with it and see if I liked it, quite liked it, and uh, just been using that since, basically. Fantastic. Good for you, man. That, and that's going to be really encouraging for a lot of people that are listening because there's a lot of people who have tried the, um, you know, basically building a, a full homepage, redesigning the mm-hmm. site for them and sending them uh, the link or video of it. Um, but what you did was very key. Like you specifically targeted businesses, like we're living in very strange times right now and you're finding a lot of, uh, small businesses took too long to get Mm -hmm. an online presence, to get a website made. So they're scrambling now to try to transition their business to some kind of online or digital service and personal trainers is a perfect example. Like there's there's so many, so many gyms and, and fitness centers and, and yoga studios that go out of business if they don't yeah. find a way to transition to a, this new online environment. So you, you gave a lot of thought as to what specific ones would be the highest opportunity, most likely to respond, mm-hmm. most likely to convert. Um, so that's great. So what can I help you with then? You got, what's, your, what's your biggest struggle right now? I would say um, one of the things I would really be interested to know about is because I've heard you speak about it a bit in the podcast about um, how, like, obviously you had you did different jobs before you eventually left them to become to do web design full time, and I currently still work in my day job and kind of a little bit more about how you go about managing the time basically of making sure you did your day job and then also having enough time to make doing the web design one worthwhile, but also fitting things in. It's basically what I struggle with most at the moment. That's a good question. Uh, One I haven't been asked uh, lately. So what do you do right now for work? Uh, So I'm a finance analyst. So we basically analyze performance of businesses, basically. It's basically what we do right. so um yeah okay so um what helped me when i was doing it because i was a window cleaner at the time mm-hmm. working full-time um i kind of it, it did help that i i was used to kind of uh learning to focus from a young age because i homeschooled through my like okay. high school years <laughs> mm-hmm. so i was able to uh, develop an ability to kind of put aside distractions to get work done when I'm in an environment that has full uh, is full of distractions that did help. I had a foundation there for sure, but a couple of things that really helped even more. I had a very clear goal as to what I wanted this whole thing to be. The whole reason I was doing it in the first way, first place was because I, I didn't want to work uh, a full-time job forever. I wanted to find some type of modest income that would allow me to work part-time or control my schedule and to work from anywhere. And that was the whole reason after all my research that I came around to, to web design, why it fit my, my goals perfectly. So mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of get that reversed. They're kind of, they, they, they pick a, a source of income or a career or a skill to learn without actually thinking about what is their ultimate goal for in the per- in the first place yeah what is what do they want to do with their lives basically how do they want to spend their time what like to me that you have to figure that out first and then you find a type of of work or income that fits that so mm-hmm. i was able to do that and that's why i came around to web design 
the second key thing, if I had distract distractions and I had difficulty focusing at times, I really needed to uh, find a way to identify them and then aggressively attack them. So mm -hmm. if I found that at the end of the day, all I wanted to do was watch Netflix, uh, I canceled mm -hmm. Netflix. I got rid of yeah. it. And uh, if I had, uh, if I just wanted to play PlayStation, then that was my challenge. Instead of having yeah. it in the in the room with me as like a constant, you know, hey, come over here. <laughs> I got rid of it. Like mm -hmm. I removed it from my immediate environment. And so it's no longer um, a temptation. And, you know, I, there's a, a really good book I read uh, called Atomic Habits. I don't okay. know if you heard about it. It's quite, it's a book that came out last six months, I think. It's very good. It's about building good habits and eliminating bad ones. And it really summed up something how like the, the best people that seem to have the strongest self-control, mm -hmm. they figured out a long time ago that uh, the best self-control is not having to use it at all. <laughs> yeah. It's they're, they're putting themselves, they don't allow themselves to fall into situations or scenarios where they will constantly be tempted to dive into bad habits again. They just remove it from the equation entirely because yeah. self-control is a if you think of it as like a finite resource because that's what mm -hmm. it is if you're constantly tempted to go back to your kitchen cupboards to grab the junk food you know if you're trying to eat healthy if you keep a package of oreos sitting on the kitchen counter all the time not gonna happen. you're constantly gonna see yeah like so when you're hungry are you gonna go for a salad or are you gonna reach for those oreos on the counter like it's just common it's just immediate yeah, if it's not there, then you don't have the problem there. So you just remove it entirely, and mm -hmm. for a, it might sound extreme to a lot of people, um, and it is. <laughs> and I, I think we live in a time where if you really want to maintain your focus and a lot of ways your sanity, you do have to get aggressive. Um, so even after I got rid of all the you know the TV streaming services and video games and stuff. Um, even when I, I still work online and everyone knows the internet is just an endless rabbit hole yeah. of distractions, right? Like you can scroll through social media endlessly. You can hop on Reddit. You can look at funny memes till like you till three in the morning. They're designed to be addictive. They're designed to, to grab your attention. Yeah, so keep you there. yeah, if I, if I found there is a certain, I still do this. If I find there's a certain site that just seems to just keep drawing my attention when I don't want it to, mm -hmm. I block it. I have uh, apps or whatever, like even um, Apple has like a built-in uh, filtering system. I'll just add that mm -hmm. domain to my block and I'm like, done. So anytime I, I go back, I try to type it back in, it's just blocked. Oh, and yeah. then eventually it just breaks that, that cycle that's in your brain mm -hmm. and it doesn't crave it anymore. So it might sound extreme, it is, but I, I do think, you know, you it's just basically a matter of setting what are your, your most important priorities. And yeah. those things, they weren't meeting, they weren't helping me meet my goals and, and set my priorities. They were nothing but distractions from that and damaging to that. So I removed them. For other mm -hmm. people, it might be different. Maybe someone's trying to become a, a YouTuber, you know, live game streamer or whatever. <laughs> that seems super yeah. popular these days. Um, so they're going to need those, those. Those are tools now. They're not just yeah, yeah. waste of time. But you have to know yourself, know your weaknesses and set your, your, your goals appropriately. Yeah. No, that's good to think about.
Um, yeah, I think especially I found definitely during this sort of lockdown period is that you realise how much time you waste when you can't do things or you can't see people or hang out with people how much time and you're actually with people that you waste just watching TV or whatever. And it's like, actually, we could do something so much more productive without two or three hours. That's why I've kind of been like, I don't watch as much TV probably as I did six months ago because it's like, what, what am I gaining out of watching the TV? Like, I'm not, I can watch it as enjoyment from period of time. Maybe for sport is kind of the thing I use it for, but uh, TV yeah. shows and stuff, I just stop watching. Basically. I'm the same. Sports are the only thing I, I still watch. I'm so glad hockey's back in a mm-hmm. little bubble here in Toronto. But um, yeah. yeah, 100%. That was the other thing that I started doing was whatever activity I engaged in, I tried to be... Uh, more mindful of, of how I felt afterwards. Like sometimes you're, mm. you're, you get into a routine or a habit of something and you think you need something. You think that it's, it's providing you something uh, when it's actually not. So you, for example, TV, you might think it all, oh, it's a way to decompress. Uh, it's a way to, to just, you know, it's harmless entertainment. It just kind of refreshes myself after a long day at work. For me personally, it, it doesn't have that effect at all. You could easily binge through three hours or something on Netflix, and then afterwards, you're just like, you don't feel refreshed. Yeah. You don't feel no. happier. You don't feel productive. There isn't actually, from I found there was basically zero positive benefit to it. And mm-hmm. like you said, everything in this world is designed to grab our attention. And it's designed to grab our attention for simply money. That's it. Social media only exists and because it's designed to be addictive because they need our eyeballs so they can push ads to make money. That's it. Ads, 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 ads. And all these subscription services, they've just same thing. Subscription model, more content, more content, more content. Oh, this one's exclusive to this service. I mean, the whole point of streaming services in the first place was to get rid of cable. Now the internet has just become like cable. Every every Mm -hmm. company has their own streaming service and spend a hundred bucks a month. Oh, it's endless. I, the sheer amount of content that's available these days is absurd. And so how, like, is it really, you have to really look at yourself and and see what impact that stuff could be having on you. And I didn't like it. So yeah, I got rid of it. Mm -hmm. No, that's good advice. Definitely. I think I listened to something, you did something about that and you said, start eliminating two or three things. I think you can go a bit drastic and start trying to eliminate everything and that's just never going to work. So I think I'm going to start doing that. Just try live without certain things for periods of time and see what, how it goes and what the reaction is from yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You gotta, you can't just go, go cold Turkey on everything. You'll, you'll probably go mad. Uh, just, yeah. you know, a couple of things at a time, make it gradual and see, you know, cause like I said, sometimes you really think something is, is, uh, you couldn't live without something and you'd be very surprised yeah. how quickly your, your brain adapts, how, how you adapt to new situations and new environments. And in a lot of ways, how the positive benefits, the positive changes that happen once you're removed from that just constant stream of information and mm-hmm. data and just everything, even like you can just, even the news, like, We've ne- we live in an information age. It's, it's never been like this before. We, it's just, yeah. and we have these, you know, these little devices that are just constantly feeding it to us. And mm-hmm. it's 
all just for our attention. It does it does yeah. us no good. Crazy. We're not doing anything with it. It only serves mm. these massive companies that make billions and trillions off of it. Oh, exactly. Um, I was also actually want to ask because I don't think I've heard you ever speak about this before. But um, I was because I've only just started. I haven't really bought much in terms of or really looked too much at maybe software or particularly particularly like plugins for Elementor. I was kind of just wanting like sort of thoughts on things that you would recommend, whether they're paid or free, that I should definitely look at investigating to make any part of. It's a bit of a general question, but kind of any advice of software maybe to do. If, I haven't. I was looking at Photoshop, so I've never really used Photoshop. But should I have Photoshop in particular, or is there an alternative to Photoshop? Or same with plugins, any plugins which maybe people don't know so much about. Good question. Uh, Photoshop, I would say, is a, is a pretty much a must. I've used that yeah. since the beginning, even just for basic, just for photo editing particularly the feature that allows you to compress images to smaller yeah. sizes. That is so crucial for websites because you need to try to make the pages as small as possible so they yeah. load faster. And mm. it's, a, it's an often overlooked aspect of performance in websites. Um, and Photoshop does it the best, better than anything else I've seen. And it's only 10 bucks a month. So it's kind yeah. of, it, that one is, I would say it's a must. Uh, as far as graphic design goes, I love Canva. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It's it's an online based tool. Yeah, I've, I've heard never of seen it. a I've never seen a graphic design tool that makes it that's so easy to use that that mm -hmm. allows for advanced designs um, for someone who like me who has no graphic design skills. Mm -hmm. no, I'm um, the same, basically. Yeah, like and frankly, yeah, it's amazing how many tools free and affordable are available online these days. Um, you don't need any of the advanced, you know, even Adobe, like you're good with just Photoshop. You don't need to get into, unless you plan on really getting into advanced graphic design uh, or video editing, then you can get, you know, the Adobe Premiere Pro and Illustrator and all that there's stuff. All, uh, there's loads of stuff in there. I don't you don't really need, nah. you don't need any of that. It's completely mm. optional if you want to get advanced. As far as plugins and stuff go, it's tricky because if you <laughs> there's a sh if you Google uh, essential WordPress plugins, you mm -hmm. will find an insane amount of blog posts that all say these are the plugins you must have on every website, and they're all designed to do the same thing: get yeah. affiliate sales. Mm -hmm. They want to get their list to rank top in Google. So when people click through, they're like, oh, I need this plugin. They click on it to download it. They get a cut of the sale from the company yeah. that, that makes the plugin. Now, obviously not everyone out there is um, biased, but you have to ask yourself, well, that there's an editorial bias there. Like mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have two plugins to choose from, if you're, if you're a blog post writer, you have two plugins to choose from, let's say security plugins. One of them has an affiliate commission. The other one doesn't. Mm. Which one? Are, and they're both the same. Maybe even the, the one that doesn't offer affiliate sales is a little bit better. But what's the incentive of listing the one with no affiliate sales? Yeah. Like they're not, you're not going to make any bucks off that. So if, if the other one is slightly 
or even majorly worse, there's, there's an incentive to list that one instead, you know, to make 20 bucks off the sale every time someone clicks on it. Yeah. So I'm very careful as to like every tool that I mention, and I have it on my site, I have a list of tools that I'm currently using. Everything that's on there, I use personally or I have okay. used personally in the past. I, I, mm-hmm. I never just throw up, you know, 25 best WordPress plugins just for the sales. Anything that I do recommend, it's because I personally use it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of murky waters. So I don't, I wouldn't say outside of Elementor, you, you know, you need basics like you need an SEO plugin. Um, yeah. Yoast is the most common one. I've actually recently switched to Rank Math. Yeah, that was something I was um, going to ask about because I've heard loads of people talk about rank math rather than using Yoast. And I've seen it's kind of like a bit more built into Elementor rank math by the looks of it than Yoast. But I don't know what what's better. Like, at the end of the day, it's about ranking them a search engine and which one's really yeah. better for that. There's a couple of reasons why I decided to do it. It's, so it's not so much about one is will help you rank better in search yeah. engines than the other. It's not about that. It's about which plugin is easier to use, what kind of features does it offer, integrations. I found that Rank Math has a more uh, abundant suite of features that are available for mm-hmm. free than Yoast does. They kind of hide a lot okay. of that stuff behind the premium, which is fair. They got to make money. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it still remains to be seen how Rank Math plans on, on making money. Right now, they're just focused on acquiring a huge user base. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But Yoast over the years to me has become, it became too bloated, too much unnecessary stuff. Uh, and they did something about a year ago that lost a lot of customers and, and, and fans. They basically forced a, a pop-up for a sale at like a right. 60% off sale or something for the holiday break. They forced that on every website that has the Yoast plugin installed. It was an ad oh, wow. that popped up in the WordPress dashboard, which means everyone, like all my clients' websites got this pop-up in their WordPress dashboard. Mm-hmm. So it was like a massive, like they, they, they overreached for sure. And they ended up pulling it back and apologizing, but it was kind of an example of just like how they've gotten too big and it's people started looking for, for alternatives. And that's kind of where rank math came out of that. Um, yeah. so I'm new to rank math, still only been using it for a few months, but so far I like it better. It's got better features and it's just easy to use more intuitive. Uh, so for an SEO plugin, it basically comes down to one of those two. Um, okay. I'd recommend some type of, especially when you're starting out, you're not going to have your own server. So you won't have mm-hmm. full access and stuff to security features. So you should have some type of security plugin. Um, I use WordFence. Yeah, if you I've go, heard of that. Yeah. There's a lot of different security plugins. And frankly, I don't know a lot about a lot of them. And I think a lot of, mm. I've, I've done some research into them and, and a lot of them are just too big and too bloated. Uh, and WordFence seem to have the nice balance between amount of features for free without it becoming too bloated and slowing the site down. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more importantly, it has an easy scan feature so that if there is malware or something that leaks in, it detects it and you can go about removing it. Um, so mm-hmm. SEO plugin, security plugin, um, and then outside of Elementor, I would say just, mm-hmm. yeah, it comes down to the individual site. Try always think in the way of keep the plugins to a minimum as few as mm-hmm. possible, only essential. If a client wants a feature for something, 
don't try to jump right into, okay, what kind of plugin can do this feature? Yeah. Because that's the lazy way of doing it. And you're going to, you're going to bloat that your website into oblivion. I had a client come to me. I'm actually going to, I'm actually writing a post about this. There'll be a, it'll be a podcast okay. as well. Uh, I did, uh, they went and hired a big agency in Toronto to have their website designed $6,000. And it, the thing was, was over bloated. It barely loaded. It was, it was a mess. And mm-hmm. they gave me the lo- I asked for the login so I can take a look at it. it had 32 plugins. 32 wow. plugins installed. Yeah. In addition to this theme that was just full of garbage that they didn't need. And it was built on this whole framework that was just, it was awful. Six grand. So I was like, we need to just rebuild this. And I rebuilt the whole thing in Elementor. Same mm-hmm. design, same look, because Elementor offers that custom functionality. And I did it for a fraction of the price. And mm-hmm. the thing actually works now. It's only got eight plugins now. And it mm-hmm. has all it does all the same things, same features. So really try to think minimalist, like only put what's absolutely essential. Uh, mm-hmm. and try to try to explain that to your clients as well if they're asking for every feature under the sun. I want like a mm-hmm. flash animated intro. Like, no, that's don't do that. <laughs> I try to keep it mostly not simple, but without going crazy. Because I think if you start doing loads of crazy stuff, nobody's going to be nobody really cares when you go on somebody's page if you've got you just want it to tell you what you want it to know, mm-hmm. and then outside of that, as long as it looks clean, I don't think you need to go too overboard with certain things. Yeah, absolutely. User um, experience above all. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was, I was going to ask you about, um, I think it's just kind of for a lot of businesses, but I've met, seen some people talk about this, is that so I know from your website that you've obviously got like your prices, your general price point for your website um, package or whatever. And I've heard some people say that you should put prices on your website and some people say that you shouldn't do that. And similar with other businesses, I was kind of wanting to know kind of like what your thoughts were on whether you should put prices on or not. Cause obviously you have, so I presume you obviously think that it's a good thing to have your prices on, but kind of, is there really a positive or a negative behind not doing that? Prices are almost always good okay. uh, in any industry. Web design is a challenge because every project is different and therefore a uh, different price. You know, you have to, you have to quote per, pro- per project basically. Mm. So that's a challenge. Um, listing your price, only list your price if you can do it in a way that simplifies it for your visitor and doesn't complicate things. Okay. So if, you, if you've come up with a, 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 pro- mm. a pricing system that makes it clear, okay, there's, let's say three to choose from three packages to choose from this, this, and this, and it's obvious what the features are of each, then that can be beneficial because yeah. it, it, then it, then it qualifies leads, right? It, like you'll scare people away, but that's fine. You're scaring away the people that aren't the right client for you. Mm-hmm. If they, if they look at your price and walk away, you just saved yourself a bunch yeah. of time because they were going to say no, no matter what you would have went through the whole back and forth conversation. Yeah, we can do this, this, and that mm-hmm. would be great. Like, okay, what's the price? And, and you say it and like, oh, I can't afford that. And they're gone. So that's the benefit of listing the price. 
But what I see so many web design agencies do is they'll do, they'll often just make it more complicated. They'll put like five different packages and it'll be like a spreadsheet of like what each one includes. And it'll be like 20 Mm -hmm. things, 20 or 30 things listed under each one. And I'm like, if I don't know web design, I don't know what any of this stuff means. I, like I don't know what you're not gonna have all a these different. Yeah. No. So so who is that really benefiting? Who's gonna Who's gonna look at all that information and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I want that one? Like, it it doesn't make sense to me. So I do have a price on there, but I only show the price for my hosting and maintenance package, the thirty nine dollars a month. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any pricing for websites mm-hmm. itself. Um, because each one is still right. Okay. I haven't found, I'm actually, I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I do want to find a way to kind of productize my service and make it simpler so that people can just mm-hmm. buy a package. But because I haven't found a way yet of doing it in a super simple and obvious way, I'm not going to do it until I do find that solution. I'm going to leave it as quote yeah. per project. Um, and just make it clear what my hosting and, and maintenance package is, the monthly subscription, which is my key sell anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the only other thing I was going to ask, sorry, there's loads of questions really, but um, it's about uh, e-commerce. And um, I've done a couple of websites of WooCommerce, and I don't, know if, I don't know anything about if there's anything else outside of WooCommerce that you can use for WordPress. Um, which, or because I, I think WooCommerce works okay, but I'm not totally like sold on whether I really like it or not as a as a tool. Yeah, <laughs> WooCommerce is to me it's like the mm-hmm. necessary evil of of WordPress e-commerce. Uh, it is by mm-hmm. far the most has the most features. It's the most extensive, has the most integrations. Um, so that is what I use. I'm kind of like you. I'm like, there's got okay. like a, better, a better, simpler option at this point. But frankly, if you're doing a Word, WordPress e-commerce site, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. based on the research I've done, it's WooCommerce. Otherwise, you go build a yeah. Shopify site. Shopify is the leader in e-commerce websites. Yeah. For sure. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a shame you can't connect them to, to each other. Well, uh, I mean, that's so. I have built, I have built uh, Shopify sites for clients because, you know, okay. in some ways, I'll basically like they want an e- if they want specifically if they want an e-commerce site, I'll actually just build it in Shopify because Shopify is depending mm-hmm. on what they're selling, it's better in a lot of ways. So much better so, for e-commerce. Shopify is yeah. the best. Yes. Yeah, I've heard quite a bit about that. And then the only other thing I have to ask is the last question, I promise, is that um, about, you mentioned, I've seen you mention your website before about changing, allowing clients to like change aspect, like have control over once the website's up, changing the photos and changing the text and stuff. And I was kind of wondering about, how, is there like a limit on the control you actually give them? And how, because... I've so far I've not allowed anybody to do anything on the websites, and I don't know how because technically it's their website; they can do whatever they want with it. And so, how yep. do you manage like what they do? It's a tricky thing. 
Yeah, I, I handle it differently on a per client basis. Uh, I try to gauge what their skill level is with, with web design. Some people do know quite a bit so they can handle it better. Others know nothing and they want to just dabble and tweak. And I, sometimes I'll try to convince them or make it obvious to them, okay, that might not be a, a good idea for this, this, and this reason. But I'll, you're right. Ultimately, it's their website. If they want access to it, they get access to it. My solution is I have daily backups. <laughs> so when they inevitably break yeah. their site, or mess something up, I back it up with the, the most recent version. I restore it. I mean, okay. that's really the best mm -hmm. solution to it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's not really something I've really uh, sort of like broached yet in terms of how, how do I approach allowing them to just go on and, do whatever they want and uh yeah it can be tricky i've kind of got i downloaded that yeah i downloaded that manage wp which has been quite handy for like basically then i'm save login details for all the people's sites and stuff and i know you can do backups on that but i haven't really start i'm gonna probably have to get to the point soon where as they're doing live now of making sure they are backed up yeah, that comes down to what your 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 business model is. Uh, there's a lot of WordPress management companies that will handle mm -hmm. those services for you if you want. I chose to kind of do it myself because I want to make more profit <laughs> instead of paying someone else to do it. I kind of I mm, yeah, I, yeah. Rented, I, I leased my own dedicated server and I just hired a you know a freelancer IT guy to manage it for me because I don't want to get into server management and all that stuff. But I okay. want to keep majority of the profits, mm -hmm. the monthly hosting profits for myself. Yeah. No, so I do you uh try to do it in the in the long run? Yeah. Do you have a website for your business yet for yourself? Um there is a website, but it's kinda I basically just as soon as I thought that I was gonna start doing something, I'll just like created something as quick as possible suck it up so it's going to be changed but uh, the website you can it's mldigitalsolutions.co.uk um, oh, yeah, at the moment it's just like yeah so it's kind of a bit of a a bit of a not a mess but it's not it's not great at the moment so i'm kind of, i basically just did it quickly just so i had some form of presence online so thought well no point at least starting anything and i haven't i haven't really done anything about advertising or i'm not really that fast about getting into social media too much because i think that just takes too much time initially to get into um so yeah yeah i'm not a fan of uh, social media <laughs> i don't i don't like it but uh seo is the way to go if you can yeah it's a long I, game. I, I created an mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, that's the one thing I was going to ask is about, you see, I've heard you mention it a couple of times about some, uh, this YouTube, well, they do like SEO software, so Ahrefs. I just can't work out how you spell that because I was looking for it online and I haven't found it anywhere. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's literally a reference to like a line of code, HTML code, but it's A-H-R-E-F-S. So it's like the line that you would to do a certain line of HTML. Uh, the whole thing. That, okay. 
That's the yeah, problem with having a, on YouTube and see what. Uh, that's the problem with having a bit of a cheeky name. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. That's helpful. I'll go and have a look at some of their stuff. So, uh, Matthew, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, do you have yeah, any last questions for me? I have to hop on another call in a minute, but. Uh, no, I think that's it for just now. Um, Sweet. That's been really good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for reaching out. And I look forward to seeing how your, your business grows and evolves. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, have to start using the uh, launchers app. Yes, there's there's my promotion. There's my uh, my advertising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I get your plug in for that. There you go. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Stay safe. Yeah, and you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to have a free 30-minute one-on-one coaching session with me and be the next guest on the podcast, just click the link in the description and submit your info. Keep up the good work.